Hello, faithful listeners. This is Pastor John Clowder from Faith Lutheran Church here in Forest Lake, and we are so glad that you are listening online to our online podcast. Welcome you to worship anytime on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 10.30, and thanks for being here. Thanks for participating in worship with us as we look forward to the week ahead. A reading from Ezekiel. A voice said to me, O mortals, stand up on your feet and I will speak with you. And when he spoke to me, a spirit entered into me and set me on my feet, and I heard him speaking to me. He said to me, Mortal, I am sending you to the people of Israel, to a nation of rebels who have rebelled against me. They and their ancestors have transgressed against me to this very day. The descendants are impudent and stubborn. I am sending you to them, and you shall say to them, Thus says the Lord. Whether they hear or refuse to hear, for they are a rebellious house, they shall know that there has been a prophet among them. A gospel reading from the sixth chapter of Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus came to his hometown, and his disciples followed him. On the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astounded. They said, where did this man get all of this? What is this wisdom that has been given to him? What deeds of power are being done by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, and brother of James, and Yosis, and Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Then Jesus said to them, Prophets are not without honor, except in their hometown, and among their own kin, and in their own house. And he could do no deed of power there except that he laid hands on a few sick people and cured them. And he was amazed at their unbelief. Then he went out among the villages teaching. He called the twelve and began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over the unclean spirits. He ordered them to take nothing for their journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in their belts, but to wear sandals and not to put on two tunics. He said to them, Wherever you enter a house, stay there until you leave the place. If any place will not welcome you, and they refuse to hear you as you leave, shake off the dust that is on your feet as a testimony against them. So they went out and proclaimed all that, sh- that all should repent. They cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace and peace to you, my friends in Christ. Well, we, we live here in the United States of America. Our Constitution goes to great lengths to ensure that we are not a Christian nation, not exclusively anyway. In fact, whatever we believe, this is the country that will support and defend our legal rights to practice religion however we see fit. Now, the grace of being a Christian, especially in this country then, is that we actually get to put God first in our lives because we want to, not because the government threatens us, not because someone else tells us that we have to, but because we want to practice our faith freely. And I don't know about you, but I don't take that freedom lightly, and I don't take that freedom of being a Christian lightly either. Martin Luther says In his freedom of a Christian, he says, A Christian is an utterly free man or person, Lord of all, subject 
to none. And a Christian is an utterly dutiful person, servant of all, subject to all. Well, well, what does this mean? Well, thanks, Luther, because what does this mean? Because of Christ, we are free. We don't have to do anything to earn salvation because of Jesus. But there's more. Also because of Christ, we look at the second point. It's now our, dirty, our duty to serve our neighbor. It is actually our, uh, it, it's part of being a servant of all, subject to all. All of our neighbors, that, even our neighbors who don't believe the, the same way that we do or act in the ways that make sense to us, that we are still a brother or a sister to them. And I don't know about you, but as I look around at the landscape of our world, there are plenty of those other neighbors out there, plenty of people who believe in different ways than myself. Uh, In fact, the Department of Defense recognizes 221 different religions in order to be able to provide accommodations and religious support to. And on that list includes atheists, humanists, heathens, and even the Asatru. Now, I know what you're thinking. The Asatru, who's that? Well, they're an, earth, uh, an earth-based religion. You may or may not have heard of them, but uh, if you have seen a Marvel movie in the last 10 years, you know who they like to worship, and his name is Thor. Now, Asatru, now I'm, trying, I'm not trying to make light of this, but literally this is the basis of that religion. Uh, it's a German pagan religion, also known as Odinism. There's a church that recently popped up in a place called Murdoch, Minnesota that made the national news uh, that has that whole community in an uproar. The reason? It's because that church has declared that it's for whites only. It's a whites-only faith community. So as you can imagine what kind of conversation this started around that town and around the world, uh, that religious identification has also been something that white supremacists were interested in. But I found it fascinating as I was doing my research and trying to understand why. One of the people who's a Satru said, look, we are not white supremacists. It's simply not true. It's we respect our own culture, and that doesn't mean that we denigrate someone else's. He said, all we need is the freedom to be able to face our, our future with courage and with honor, and we honor the gods under the names that were given to them by our Germanic and Norse ancestors. He said, we respect the ways our ancestors viewed the world and they approached the universe a thousand years ago. Now, without doing a little bit of research, I didn't know that about the Asatru. I thought it was just a clever excuse to be able to run around looking like comic book characters and grow long beards while also being associated as a hate group. But what did the city of, or the community of Murdoch do? Well, their council members had to have a vote. And even though they didn't support the church that was trying to come into their community, they were legally obligated to approve the permit. And so they did with a three-to-one decision because of their First Amendment rights of freedom of religion. One of the members of that community said, look, I, kind of found, I found it hypocritical that my community would show so much hate towards someone that they didn't understand. I don't wish to follow in this pagan religion, but I feel it's important to recognize and support each other's beliefs. If those who are practicing this religion are true in what they are saying, now, seriously, it it appears that the the Asatru beliefs are grounded in goodness, and there's some good that they are trying to focus on. But that doesn't mean that we're maybe not a little skeptical. I know I have questions about why they would still insist on being whites only, 
But if an Asatru believer was standing in front of me today, I know I would be open to at least having that conversation with them. I would try to refrain from judgment and be able to make sense of, okay, well, why do you believe this? In full transparency, Jediism is also a recognized religion, too. No lightsabers will be used in the rest of our worship service today. It's important for us as Christians to know our history, too. Because being a Christian for many, many centuries was considered a pretty odd thing. It made you an outsider. It made you the weirdo. It made you the one that was getting persecuted. Your life was in danger by being a Christian. It still is in some parts of our world. You go back even further. You go back to the Israelites. You know, frequently the Israelites were conquered and they were almost always that minority religion wherever they went or whoever they were living with. Can you imagine the conquering Babylonians that we hear about in this story from Ezekiel today, as Ezekiel is, is, is uh, a prophet during the time of the Babylonian exiles? Uh, do, you, do you think the Babylonians looked at the Israelites and saw some of their customs and their habits, and they were like, you guys are weird. What are you doing? Well, like, trying to make sense of some of these habits would have been just completely unusual to someone on the outside looking in. The Israelites were then, during the exile, dispersed. They are spread out. They weren't able to, to gather together and have that unity and that ability to, to be able to, to be strong and to, to go against the Babylonians. And so eventually, because of this, as, as they kind of lost some of that, that familiarity with each other, many of the Israelites started to assimilate with the Babylonians, and they started to drift away from their own culture. They would drift away from God. And that's where Ezekiel comes into this story. Ezekiel, his mission as a prophet, as God has called Ezekiel, is to warn the people about their decision to turn away from God. That's what prophets do. People don't like to hear from a prophet to be told you're doing it the wrong way. But Ezekiel then shares this mission and vision of God, how God is the, you know, the Lord of history, the, the judge of the nations, and he tells these stories full of symbolism that story of the dry bones, right? You know, the valley of the dry bones, that didn't really happen. It was an allegory. It was a story that was meant to provide this hope of a future where these, this field of bones would spring back to life, that there would be a resurrection, that the people of Israel would be able to go back to their home and they would someday go back to Jerusalem. So in one of the devotionals that I was reading this week, the writer said, God called one person, Ezekiel, to warn a whole stubborn nation for turning away from God. And so daunting was this call that Ezekiel required plenty more chapters of convincing. But finally, God said, look, Ezekiel, warn these people or the weight of their sin falls upon you because you didn't speak up. Have you ever thought about how God's calling us in that way? Yeah, people can be doing some stupid stuff around us but God's calling us to have that responsibility to, to say something, especially when we have the experience or we have that, that voice that the person will listen to, to be able to say, look, the thing that you're doing is destructive. You need to turn away from that. We've been called into that. And oftentimes I think we're afraid to act. We're afraid that we are going to hurt someone's feelings even though we're seeing something that's going to hurt them even worse. That's what's at stake for Ezekiel. Certainly doesn't want to proclaim this message, but God has made it abundantly clear to him, this is what I've tasked you with. And Ezekiel, you're not on the hook for everything. Like, 
obviously you aren't going to be in control of whether people listen to you or not. But avoiding God's call has consequences. Think about it. When we've turned away from God, maybe there's those times in our lives where we feel distant and our relationship with God isn't as strong. I don't know about you, but I don't feel as whole. I don't feel as, as at peace. This is a real thing. The, the life of a prophet now, like Ezekiel, faces much rejection, but it's a message that needs to be heard. And of course, Jesus had his share of rejection too, didn't he? And it comes in some of the most unusual and and unlikely places, like even his hometown. You'd think, well, Jesus, you're going back to your hometown. Surely they would welcome you with open arms in your own synagogue. And it's, it's the opposite. Like the people are almost insulted that Jesus comes here like you carpenter. Like we don't expect you to come preach to us. Like we know what you were like as a kid, Jesus. They call him a mama's boy. Son of Mary? You don't do that in a patriarchal society. And he's amazed at their unbelief. So he takes to the countryside, knowing that his disciples are going to face rejection too. And he sends them out with this important instruction. Whenever you enter a house, you stay there until you leave the place. If any place will not welcome you and they refuse to hear you as you leave, shake off the dust. as a testimony against them. So, they went out and they proclaimed that all should repent. I have a feeling they had to shake off the dust more than once. I have a feeling that as they went out and tried to share this good news, that people didn't hear it as good news. I think they had a few doors slammed in their faces along the way. Yet the disciples were filled with the authority of Jesus to proclaim the good news and then to tell people to turn from those destructive ways and repent. And it made a difference. Slowly but surely, it changed the world. And nobody was forced to believe. It wasn't like, stay until they listen and believe you. You could hear the good news of Jesus and you could follow. Or you could hear how difficult it would be and decide, No thanks. Being a Christian today in 2021, it's not as hard as it used to be. It's not as hard as it was back then. But that doesn't mean that we are not presented with a lot of choices that are really tempting that move us away from God. Idolatry, greed, selfishness, all of these things in front of us. So the reality is you didn't have to come to church today, did you? You're like, wait, I didn't? No, you didn't. We don't have to give our time to God. We don't have to give our talents to God. We don't have to give our treasures to God. No one is forcing us to do this. But think about why we are here. And you at home, why are we here today? Think about the choices that we're making. There's a lot of baptismal language in that last song that we had. Renouncing evil. Renouncing the powers of this world that rebel against God and renouncing the ways of sin that draw us from God. That's why we're here. So when we choose to move towards God, we do so freely. And we're prepared to face the challenges that are in front of us knowing that Christ did the same thing for us. Jesus Christ is an utterly free man, Lord of all, subject to none. But that cross did something amazing, didn't it? 
Because Jesus Christ is also an utterly dutiful man, servant of all, subject to all. And so the, the best news today is we get to worship in freedom on the 4th of July. Hallelujah! But you want to know the best news of all? Because of Jesus, each and every single breath we take each and every day is Independent Day. Amen. Well, that's it for this week's sermon. Thank you for joining us. Look for more information on faithfl.org or certainly reach out to the office if you would like to receive weekly email updates. Thank you.